Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. And thank you for joining us to Living Your Juiciest Life Ever, where we connect with amazing beings, amazing human beings on this planet, amazing women that have come from a place of selfless to selfful, from selfish to self-love, self-whatever the space may be, from that corporate place, that separation from heart, to bringing ourselves back into unity so that we can stand in a place of fullness and live from a place of full cup, full joy, and full love, living in our unique creative expression. And today I have the absolute pleasure and honor of welcoming Amanda O'Reilly. And she is AKA the worthiness whisperer or the subconscious surgeon. I love those two phrases. She's a master certified life coach, an NLP practitioner, a theta healer, and a passionate lifestyle entrepreneur. Whoa, that is a mouthful, isn't it? (laughs) She wears many hats, but each one serves a purpose and allows her to facilitate healing on a deeper level. As a many amazing women like her, she wears many hats because we have all these beautiful facets of who it is that we are. And she has come to this place in her life where she brings all of herself to the table so that she can be in a space that can heal from multiple angles and levels to help elevate you. So thank you, Amanda, for being here. And welcome. Yeah, thank you for inviting me to share the space with you and the opportunity really just to remind women everywhere of something that I know that I certainly have forgotten on the journey here. Um, and I think so many women are going to be able to resonate that fact that, you know, we were born worthy and we were born enough. And this is something, it's a topic I'm super passionate about. And, you know, I think we all need the reminder every now and again, especially in the last, you know, 18 months. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it is huge. It is huge. So a couple of things that uh, popped out to me, and this is, again, something that is extremely important. And I don't want to use the word common, but it's often it is it seems to be something that it isn't just women. I think it's more women often than men because we express it and experience it differently. But it's the self-worthiness. And it's the the lack of uh, the lack of self love. Absolutely. So I'd like to hear what your perspective is on that. And because of our journeys, we would have a different shedding of light on it. So I would love to hear about that. Yeah, I, I look. We're born worthy. We're born enough. We, we didn't come out of the womb, you know, criticizing, you know, the gray or the extra weight or you know how we look on pictures. Like we just didn't. And so somewhere along the line, it's conditioning, it's programming, Mm -hmm. where we started looking outside of ourselves for that validation, for that affirmation, right? We started to compete and compare because the only time that you really ever feel unworthy or not enough is when you're comparing yourself against somebody else. So I think let's just start there. And and I agree with you to the point, it's more women. Research has shown that 91% of women are not happy, are not satisfied with their bodies. 91% of us, like that's a huge staggering number. And again, you know, where did we get that? Where did we develop that? It's conditioning, 
maybe we witnessed it growing up. Maybe we witnessed our mother, you know, always measuring her worth by the numbers on the scale or, you know, the, the lack of self-care, the lack of self. I know with my mother, my mother never went to the hairdresser. My mother never went to the gym. My mother never put herself at the top of her own to-do list. So when our greatest source of love and we're modeling that, you know, and she had the slim fast shakes and she had the sweet and low and the aspartame and all that stuff. She had the little pad beside the scale every morning that she deemed herself worthy or unworthy and would punish herself accordingly you know, based on, based on the numbers on the scale. So I think we do that. We we're, we're, we're sourcing our, our worthiness from the outside, whereas self-worth really is what we feel about ourselves. Mm -hmm. Period. So I think that's the, you know, that's the big, the, the big kicker. So it's like, well, how do you stop? <laughs> how do you how do you stop going to to source it's like if i get the job the guy the girl the ring the house like whatever it is then i'm going to feel worthy but i can tell you i i played the win then game with that and it just doesn't work because you're always chasing and again i think that goes back to childhood where we've been conditioned to seek achievement if i if i win if i get the a if i you know place first it's the recognition this, and the validation it, it is. And so we're always constantly chasing that. So when we realize that and we say, okay, but well, we're human beings. We're not human doings. And I really believe that we've been conditioned to do. I know for me, it was, that's how I sourced my, my worth. If I do for others, mm -hmm. if I Absolutely. am this, if I do that, then I will be worthy. But the truth is you were born worthy and let, let, let that land and just be like, okay, wow. So what's possible from that place? Like, if I believed I was worthy and enough, which you are, spoiler alert, what could you accomplish? Absolutely. So because our message comes from our mess, mess. is saying that, uh, that a friend of mine actually coins all the time. Um, yeah. What, tell us about your, tell the listeners about your story and your journey through um, when you were giving too much when you were uh, neglecting yourself in that process. So let's, let's, let's go there. So my journey really started as a expert people pleaser. <laughs> okay. Um, trying to fit in, trying to be accepted, trying to be liked by everyone, which led me to really morphing into what others needed me to be or wanted me to be versus who I was created to be. And that resulted in self-abandoning that, in, you know, resulted in never feeling enough. Um, and, and so I made life really hard for myself, truth be told, because I didn't know any better, right? You can only do better when you know better. Mm -hmm. And so for me, from the outside, you know, my life looked perfect. I had a, a great family growing up, but um, at 44 years old, I came face to face with my own trauma of being raped at the age of 18. Mm. And um, I started putting all the pieces together and I didn't know why I didn't feel enough. I didn't know why I would chameleon. I didn't know why I had such a hard time speaking my truth or asking for my needs to be met. And the truth is, is that I grew up in, in, in a house where we we didn't, we didn't honor our feelings. It, it wasn't something that we talked about. If they weren't shiny, happy feelings, we just didn't talk about them. Mm -hmm. And, and it's not that my parents, 
you know, my parents are amazing. It's just that they didn't know how to communicate. They didn't know how to deal with those feelings. So as a result, we stuff those feelings way down. And so for me, I stuff them way down and I took on all kinds of limiting beliefs. Like I was unworthy of love. That's how I lost, it's how I actually lost my virginity. So for me, it was like, I was broken. I was imperfect. I was unworthy of love. And that validated the narrative because my own family couldn't hold that space for me. And so I don't think it's only so much the event itself. It's, it's what happened after the event. Mm-hmm. Could someone hold that space for you? Could someone witness you? Could someone see you, love you unconditionally and not try to shame you or change you just to hold space? And, and so if all those things are not present, you, you try to source love, right? Because that's the way our brains are, are wired is, is, is we want to feel safe. And if love is taken away, love is the oxygen of the soul and I'm not safe. So I've got to go back into the box and I've got to behave this way in order to, to be safe, in order and, to be loved. Mm-hmm. So at 44, what caused the trigger to, for you to have a look at all this? So my um, almost seven-year relationship, I was engaged to be married. Uh, that relationship came to a crashing halt. Um, and in the same week, my son, who I had raised as a single mama, decided um, you are out of control and I am going to go and live with my dad full time. And wow. that happened in the space, in the space of the same week. So um, from the outside, as I said, I was creating this life that everything looked great. You know, I had the perfect life that, you know, the million dollar business, the house, the car, the ring, everything looked great from the outside. But when this happened and all my titles were taken away from me, I was no longer going to be somebody's wife. For the time being, I was no longer somebody's mother. And what I did for work felt especially ridiculous because I managed everybody else's life and I couldn't manage my own. So what does that do? That reinforces the pattern that you're not worthy of love. People leave and you're not enough. And so I really wanted to understand how I got here and how my brain got me there. So energetically, where was I out of alignment? What stories was I telling myself? What did I believe and what did I buy into? And that's where I really chose to marinate at rock bottom because I think we have two choices. We can easy button out and just keep repairing, you know, repeating because we repeat what we don't repair. Yeah, absolutely. Or, or we look and go, okay, whoa, I am the common denominator here. And it's time to get radically honest with myself. And it was really a beautiful moment where I thought to myself, I didn't recognize the girl in the mirror at all. It was, she, I had conditioned the feminine right out of me. I was so in my masculine because it was easier to do than it was to be because in order to be, I had to feel. Mm -hmm. So let me be the Pinterest mom. Let me be this. Let me be that. Everything had to be perfect. Like you didn't even, didn't even look like I had a child ever growing up. Everything had its home. (laughs) Yes. On steroids. Right. And so when my son said to me, you are so out of control, he was right. And I was sort of control on the inside that what do you do? You try to control everything on the outside. Absolutely. So for me, it was really just a matter of that light bulb moment and really realizing that, wow, if I could create that unconsciously, (laughs) what can I create from a conscious place of being? What can I create from a place of radical responsibility and healing? 
And that was the day I literally, I got a coach. I went and got the inner child healing and I went and got that little girl up off the floor and I gave her what she needed, which was to be seen, to be, to be loved, to be held, to be witnessed. And, um, and that was sort of the journey uh, that, that I started down, you know, where I really went down the personal development rabbit hole. Um, and I was introduced to the world of neuroscience and NLP and subconscious reprogramming and theta and epigenetics. And I was just like, wow, you mean I have the power to change my life by changing my thoughts? What? I cannot hate myself into loving myself. I've got to love myself into being whole. And Absolutely. I'm worthy of that. Yes. And so that was sort of the beginning of my journey. And, um, and you know, and my mission today is really to empower people to take up space in the world and own their worth and own their enoughness mm -hmm. and, and, and really get to the root because I think we're so conditioned to treat things at the leaf level, you know, then regardless of going to the root level. And I was so busy treating the leaf level, right? And, and we numb from, we numb from it. You have a, you get you a know pill, what? take a pill, take a this, take a that, take a drink, take whatever. It's, it's a do, it's the do this, get that mentality that we were actually entrained into in a whole bunch of different ways, I believe, um, uh, to intellectualize and to go away from feeling, right? So when we move into more uh, in the left brain, we lose our intuition, we lose our guidance, we lose God, we lose all of these things with that severing. And so the intellect, the leaf level, the intellectualization of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is that we need to go to the root level and say, mm -hmm. what, what's, what's the story you're telling yourself? And I love to talk to my ego where I just, am like, okay, ego, what narrative, what's the narrative you're, you're, what's the story here? What's the narrative you're creating? Because really that's what it is. It's, it's a story. And mm -hmm. I created the story that I was unworthy of love for 20 odd years. And was it true? No, it wasn't true. But it's because that one moment that my parents couldn't hold that I then developed this story that changed the complete trajectory of my life. Now, I believe, my belief is that we are given those experiences so we can alchemize them, so we can transcend, so we can heal from them. So then we can be a page in somebody else's survival guide. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a beautiful thing. I was just thinking about the, the again, this is life doesn't happen to us. It happens for us. Always. And so then we choose, we choose the avenue. Do you go down? Like what happens to a lot of people in the situation where it's triggered by some kind of trauma is that then they go this way and they end up in an addictive kind of, because trauma is a really strong link to addiction. So, of course. you know, what are we going to get addicted to? Are we going to get addicted to actually changing things positively and become addicted to the patterns that we create through there? Or are we going to go the other way? We always have a choice. We and, do. And, 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 we, and, we, and at the beginning of it, I don't think that we realize it because one of the places that is common with trauma again is being the victim. Right. And I think we're all addicted to something, mm -hmm. right? We're addicted to not feeling because we think that our feelings are bad, but the fact is our feelings are messengers. 
So if you can just pause and witness with awareness and say, wow, that's interesting. Okay, I'm feeling this. I'm a, I'm a big believer in name it to tame it. I am feeling angry. Okay, anger. Let's sit down and have a chat. What are you angry about? What are you triggered about? What's going on here? What's the story? Again, what's the story? What's the narrative here? Mm-hmm. Because I believe that feelings are kind of like little toddlers. They literally just want to be witnessed. And the minute you see them, they run away. But the problem is, is that we've been conditioned to what to believe, we've, you know, but we haven't been conditioned or we haven't been taught how to feel. We've been taught what to believe, right? So we said this earlier, you, you adopt more than your, uh, your eye color and your hair color from your parents or your greatest, your caregivers, you adopt a whole set of programs and beliefs. Mm-hmm. And so we're taught what to believe. We're not taught how to feel. And we're not taught most importantly, how to feel about ourselves. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was the beginning of everything where I, I remember my mom used to say growing up, oh, just love yourself. And I thought, oh, that's just the biggest, like, yeah, that used to trigger me. So of course I love myself. And then when I landed here, I was like, oh, no, I did not love myself because I would have never put myself in those situations. I would have never attracted the partners that I was attracting had I been in high self-worth, had I been in alignment with who I'm here to be. But because my level of self-worth was so low, the universe is so amazing because it's like, awesome. That's what you believe about yourself. Perfect. I'm going to Amazon prime all that to your door on repeat. <laughs> on subscription. And so I was just like, okay, I need to cancel that subscription ASAP and really go get that little girl off the floor and, you know, do a control alt delete because the subconscious mind is like, you know, I've listened to some of your previous podcasts and you're quite versed in this. It's a supercomputer and it believes everything we tell it. Our brain just listens. It, it wants to make us happy, but its only job is to validate your narrative. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's, it's interesting. I have it. So it's, it's that yes. So what you believe when you speak, the other part of your brain goes out to prove you're right. So then it invites all of this. Oh, see, see, I said that. And there's proof of it. There's proof that yeah. I'm not worthy. Look at that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like your brain will always give you evidence. It'll always give you evidence because it doesn't want to make you a liar. Your ego doesn't want to make you a liar. So it's like, oh, awesome. That's what you believe. Perfect. Let me go and show you all the ways in which you're right. So when I got that, it was like, oh, okay, no, right. I don't want to do that anymore. I'm going to cancel that. And then it's really, it was a long, hard journey getting here because I think we've conditioned ourselves and we've practiced and we've rehearsed so often how to feel bad. So I actually, right. You said something extremely that I think is really, really important for people to hear. And that is, is that the journey wasn't easy because a lot of times people can look at you or look at me or look at someone, right. It's always easier to see someone's life from the outside than it is from the inside. You don't know what they've experienced and what they've gone through. And so maybe you want to share a little bit of just the struggle that you went through um, again, it's that connecting place, right? So, uh, it's worth the work in the end. We know that, but yeah, it is. And it's not, it's not meant to be easy. I mean, this is, I said this at the beginning, you know, I, I made life very hard on myself for myself. And if I can save somebody that heartache and the heartbreak, I'm all for it. 
because the journey is not supposed to be easy, if you will. When you land here, it is because then you have a whole new set of habits and patterns and beliefs. But we're so focused trying to change people on the outside. And the real work is really going in and changing your beliefs and your patterns on the inside. And just like it's, you know, you go to the gym and you got to build that muscle. It's painful, right? It's painful to build that muscle. Mm -hmm. So what you're doing is, is you're building those new neural pathways in the brain. You're building those new connections. You're, you're building those new habits where then you could catch yourself and say, Oh, (laughs) wait a second. And I think it comes to a place of, it's a complete identity shift because everything that you believed or everything that I believed Mm -hmm. for 44 years came up for review. It was hard. (laughs) It was hard because everything that I had thought I was, was a lie. It was, it wasn't true. I was lying to myself about myself. I was lying to other people about me. I was sending my representative out into the world because it's so much easier to send somebody who has it all together because you don't risk the rejection. You don't risk the abandonment because to, to the ego, that's loss of love. But I can tell you, like you said, it's so worth it because when you love you, you're never, you're never alone and you're always going to be okay because you've got your own back. And I think that's the beginning of everything is to know mm-hmm. that, Hey, I, I got you. It's that reflection in the mirror. It's that girl that you abandoned. It's that woman where you're going, Hey, I got you. And I'm not leaving you ever again. I have a little picture of my little six-year-old self beside my bed. And every morning I wake up and I'm like, I got you, baby girl. I got you. Because that's my commitment to her and it's my commitment to myself. And that's an identity. And so that's where I can offer, you know, your listeners, it was, it's really an identity because the being affects the doing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So we have, to, we have to upgrade our sense of self. So if we feel that we're unworthy, if we feel that we're not enough, if we feel if we've got this self-hatred or this body shaming or whatever it is that we've got going on, those thoughts affect the behavior. And then the behavior affects the emotions and the emotions. And then you're just in this crazy eight loop. So really it's about, okay, okay, this is another pattern that's just not working. (laughs) Right. So who do I want to be in my story? Who do I want to be? Because you get to decide. That's the brilliant part. And I landed at 44 and I'm like, wait a minute. How come I didn't get that memo? What do you mean I get to decide who I want to be in my story? That was, that rocked my world. I was like, yeah, I get to decide who I want to be. Who do I want to be? Well, I can't say that I have high self-worth or I'm coming from a place of self-love or self-care if I'm doing things to the opposite. So it Mm -hmm. really becomes... A question of who do I want to be and how do I live in alignment with that? And we talked about this just before we, we got on. And, and really, when we are experiencing pain in life, that's feedback. That's telling you you are out of alignment. Absolutely. I love what you just said. I want to actually bring that up again. And I'm sure you'll remember what it is. I did not get the memo that I could be who I wanted to be in the story. Well, I, I didn't get the memo that I, I get to decide. I get to decide. I, that I get to decide who I want to be in my story. Because this is the truth. Kate, we're all one decision away from a completely different life. Just one. True. Mm-hmm. Just one. So while it might not, it might not be easy 
and, and this is where I like to, to tell people is, is it's micro steps. It took me, you know, I'm going to be 49 this year and I, I I've landed where I'm absolutely confident in who I am and what I'm here to do in the world. It wasn't an overnight. I wish I could tell you there's a super pill and you flick, flick a switch and you just land here. It doesn't work like that. And transformation rarely does. If you want to look at like a, a caterpillar, a, a caterpillar has to completely die. Like literally the, 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 the metamorphosis, it goes into this little gooey thing and completely has to die in order to birth into a, a, a butterfly. And so it's a question of what parts of yourself are you willing to let go? And are you willing to let die that are not serving you? You must What's have thought? really, you must have really submerged yourself though. Five years. Uh, That's not a long period of time. So you must have just gone, okay, I'm doing this. I'm going to do everything I possibly can so that I can make that shift. Cause now I see that something different is possible. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. It was a commitment to self. It was a commitment. Um, I have not been on a date in almost five years. I made a commitment to myself that I was going to fix myself and fall in love with myself first, because we can only ever give what we have an abundance of. Mm -hmm. And I never understood that. I never understood that. So when my son said to me, you're so out of control, he was right because I didn't, I wasn't embodying what patience, what self-love, what self-care, what courage. I didn't have an embodiment of that. So I had mm -hmm. nothing to give. So you, you know, you hit that short fuse and it's like, you're that. And it's like, no, when you're pointing one finger, there's three pointing back. I love that one. I just, I yeah. Like, oh, wow. Look at that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's really radical so responsibility. Yeah, it is. And it's, it is. And I marinated like, like a steak at rock bottom and said, okay, I am going to learn everything I need to learn that I was never taught. And the beautiful thing about it is, is that once you heal, everyone around you heals. It's amazing how much impact quantum physics. Yes. Yes. It's incredible. That's amazing. So you actually, so, so this no whole new place that you're at, I love the picture that you painted of where you're at, how you help people, the journey that you've been on. I think that that's really going to touch a lot of people and the worthy wands movement yeah. is something that's in your next level of juicy. And so tell us about that. Yeah. So these were created obviously during this dark time in my life where I needed, when I started to understand the power of epigenetics and neuroscience, meaning mm -hmm. that our, our brains and our cells are always listening. I was like, Oh my God, what, <laughs> you know, it's no wonder how I ended up there. All this self-loathing, self-hatred, self-sabotaging things I would say to myself. And so I needed a daily reminder that I was worthy and enough. And so through NLP, it's called the anchoring. So it's the power of anchoring that into your nervous system. And with epigenetics, it's your really feeding your cells these words. So as they lay across your chest or as you catch a, a glimpse in the mirror that says you're worthy and you're enough, well, your whole physiology just changes. And it's a, it's, it's a love note. It's a reminder. It's a, it's a habit. It's a daily habit to sort of say, what would the most worthy version of you do? How would she show up? How would she speak? How would she carry herself? How would she serve? How would she impact? And so Amanda actually means worthy of love. And oh, it took isn't me that interesting? Years. Wow, yeah. that's so cool. 
Yeah. So it took me 44 years and this is my, you know, my love letter to my soul. And so they are making waves around the world. They've saved, um, we just got an email last night that the third life that was saved to suicide because the wand flashed in front of her and she really realized that, okay, tomorrow needs me. I, I, I'm, I'm enough and I can, I can, I can do this. So they're more than, you know, just a cute necklace. They are a functional tool that really help to reprogram the subconscious mind. Um, they are backed by science. And um, yeah, I'm just, I'm so proud of it. It's probably the, the, the thing that I am most proud of right now. And, and I could talk all day long about it and yes. just the power that they, that they have. And, um, and as you said, I think every invention is born of you know, a dark night of the soul. And it's, it's what you do with it. It's how you take it. It's how you alchemize it. It's how you find the courage to then transmute it and then send it out into the world as, as a tool for somebody else. Yeah. Could you share one personal habit or daily routine that continues to contribute to your personal, professional, however you want to look at it, your, your success, your movement forward? Um, I think I can't even remember what I wrote, to be honest with you. You um, said pages <laughs> before swipes, which yeah. is really what I, it fascinated me. So it's like, oh, what does that mean? <laughs> so that is, I take to the journal. I take to my journal okay. every morning and journal. I journal pages before swipes or I'll read. I'm a big advocate. So when you wake up in the morning, so 30 minutes in the morning and 30 minutes before you go to bed, you're in what's called a theta state. So your brain is like a sponge and you will observe, absorb that much quicker. You learn that much quicker. So that is my time for me where I'm filling up or I'm, you know, my dream journal, I'm dumping what came up to me where my subconscious was really trying to talk to me in the night. So I am filling up before I met the effect of everything else that's coming at me. So it's Getting really just a day. place of being, yeah, a place of being where you're centering yourself, you're grounding yourself. Um, mm-hmm. And it's that little, it's that little hack, right? Because you're, 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 your subconscious mind is accessible. It's available and you can get into the reprogramming there from the theta state. So beautiful. And so I'm going to post the worthy ones, a link to your website. So people can actually go and purchase that. I think that that's super important. And it is, it's it's seeing the words and speaking the words out loud. Our subconscious has no defense against the sound of our own voice. What are you saying to yourself? (laughs) Yeah. Whatever follows I am comes looking for you, you in the universe, right? And, and we have a really bad habit of focusing on all the things that we are not. Mm. And we, as opposed to focusing on all the things that we are. So there's no prerequisite for your worth. You don't no. have to earn your, you don't worth. qualify. You don't have to qualify. No. Yeah. You're pre- just, you I, call it, I call it pre-qualification. You're pre-qualified. <laughs> you are yeah. right. The creator of the universe said, you are worthy, you were born, you're here. And if somebody is listening to this and is going through a really tough time, please just know that you're here for a purpose. You're here on purpose. Because if you had no purpose, you wouldn't be here. So it's really to sort of look at yourself and say, okay, if I was worthy, if I believed I was enough, and it's a practice because you're going to have the cognitive dissonance. You're going to look yourself in the mirror and say, I am worthy. And your brain's going to go BS. Yeah, exactly. Because, because you've, you've practiced the opposite for so long mm-hmm. and it will be uncomfortable and it should be uncomfortable. 
so you can understand the damage that you have done to yourself. And then it's about self-forgiveness. Yes. That's so, that is so, so important is recognizing that anything that makes you feel smaller, anything that makes you feel less, anything that makes you feel bad about yourself is okay. I'm doing this. This is the rhetoric. This is what's going on. So I need to really, really claim those, those greater things. So nothing is worth paying attention to that does not serve you. <laughs> yeah. And they're not your, look, you said it so beautifully. They're not even your own thoughts. Exactly. Okay. It, Just because you think it doesn't mean it's yours. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that was the biggest game changer for me was just because you think a thought doesn't make it true. Absolutely. We have 60, 60,000 thoughts a day. Okay. So 34 days worth of cell phone data coming at us in a day. That's a lot of information, right? So just because you think a thought doesn't make it true, and 85% of those thoughts research has shown are negative. Absolutely. Yeah. Just because you think a thought doesn't mean it's true. And I think that that's a beautiful place to uh, wrap up for today because you are a blessing and you are. You are, all of you listeners out there, you are a miracle. So remember that you are a miracle. You are Mm. more than enough. And I want to thank Amanda for being here today to being an amazing guest on Living Your Juiciest Life Ever. And I'm excited and uh, looking forward to the future when we can have her back. Because I think that there's something else brewing (laughs) that she's actually doing that's not ready yet that will be that she's going to be able to share with us. So on that note, have yourself an amazing, incredible morning, afternoon, or evening, and we'll see you next time on living your juiciest life ever.